Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the fifth season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Miracles Do Happen, and we have a great story today. When parents are told their children will be born with a heart defect, they often wonder what kind of life their children will have. Will they constantly be hospitalized? Will they have to endure one surgery after another? Will they be able to run and play with other children? Then as our children age and start answering some of those early questions, we parents have new questions popping into our minds. Will our children go to the prom, have a first love? Will they graduate? Will they go to college? And then even more serious questions enter our mind. Will our children find someone to love and who will love them despite the fact that they have a heart defect? Will our children be able to have children of their own? And if they do, will those children also be born with heart defects? So many of us parents have a million questions, and as our children age, our questions seem to multiply. This show is the first Heart to Heart with Anna show to feature only the spouse of an adult born with a critical congenital heart defect. Today, Brittany will tell us about falling in love with Sean, the life they've built together, and the future they hope to have. While this show may not be the life all of our children with complex congenital heart defects can hope to have, it is a life worth sharing. This is an inspirational story. This is a story that more and more people will be able to relate to as our adults with congenital heart defects population ages. Now there are more than 1 million adults in the United States alone who were born with congenital heart defect. Sean's story is one to give us all the hope that someday our children who are born with heart defects may also be able to have an ordinary life. Today's show is a miracle of an ordinary life and features Brittany Olazarowitz, the wife of an adult born with a complex congenital heart defect. Brittany Olazarowitz is a 29-year-old mother and wife to a man born with a critical congenital heart defect. Brittany's husband, Sean, lives a very active and normal life. He is currently a captain on a yacht, and they also run their own landscaping business. Sean is the best father any child could ask for and gives everything 100% effort. Sean and Brittany are very careful about planning for their future because of the uncertainties ahead. They try to spend as much time together with their family as they can. Sean's doctors call him a miracle, and Brittany is honored to be able to call him her husband. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Brittany. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today, and I want to start with something that everybody loves to hear about. So can you tell us how you and Sean met and fell in love, and especially if it was love at first sight? We met on eHarmony, and 
we had our first date at a restaurant that we actually both used to go to quite a bit. So it was sort of a blind date, and we met there, and we just started dating almost immediately after that, and then we were engaged about three months later. So oh, I wow. would say it was love the first night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. Wow, that's boy, that's quite a plug for eHarmony, isn't it? <laughs> it worked they got for it us, right. absolutely. <laughs> yes, they did. It worked for us. <laughs> wow, you got engaged three months later. That's amazing. It was, and then we were married a little more than a year after we got engaged, but it was great. I love that kind of story. That's so awesome. So you met, fell in love, got married, and... It seems like everything happened really, really fast. Can you tell us about how Sean told you about his heart defect and how that affected your feelings toward him? Yeah, he was very open and honest about it right away. I think on our second date, he told me about it. He told me that he had tricuspid atresia, and I had no idea what it was. So I sort of acted like, okay, no problem, no big deal, and then... When I went home that night, I called my Aunt Kathy because she was a NICU nurse for many years. So I knew she would know what it was. So I called her, and right away she said, how old is he? And I said, he's 26 or 27. And she said, are you sure? He said, tricuspid atresia. And I said, yeah, it is. And she goes, I need to make a few phone calls. I'll call you right back. <laughs> so I'm going, oh, no. At that point, I'm like, what is this, you know? So she called me back and said, well, I talked to a few of my nurses that I worked with, and she said, we just never had a baby make it that was born with that. I didn't know anything at that point. Now I know so much more and I understand. But, yeah, it was eye-opening, but it never changed my feelings towards him at all. It was just sort of something that you accept and you work with. Mm-hmm. So it does help that he lives such a normal life, too. Mm-hmm. That I really wouldn't have known that he had an issue when I first met him. You don't know, by the way, that he lives his everyday life. Well, and unless you met him on the beach and he didn't have a shirt right. on. <laughs> yeah, after you see those, you realize that he's got quite a history. Right. The badges yeah. of honor. That's what most of us parents consider those scars, badges of honor. <laughs> he he says women they like them, are. too. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he says women like them, so that's what he's been using for a while. So. <laughs> oh, he's been using that, has he? <laughs> yes, he's been using that, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. It's really interesting. The more adults that I meet with congenital heart defects, especially teenagers, the stories they make up about their scars. And I know you live in Florida, and we lived in Florida for a little while, and my son Alex was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, so he had the last okay. surgery that your husband had. He had the Fontan procedure. So just like your husband, he's been operated on multiple times, and his scar is fairly impressive. And I heard him once telling somebody that he'd been attacked by a shark. That's what Sean used, too. That's exactly what he used when he was a kid. He said the same exact thing. He used to tell people that it was a shark. He had people that really believed him, too, for a while. <laughs> It was a shark bite, so <laughs> it is funny what they come up with, but whatever works, I guess, right? Oh, it is funny. I think, in a way, it's good to see that they can take it tongue-in-cheek. The first yeah. time I heard Alex say that, I said, why did you say that? I was a little bit aghast that he would say something like that, and he said, Mom, right. it's none of their business. Nobody yep, that's exactly what he said. Anything. Right, that's, oh that's exactly what Sean says. He says they don't need to know, but he's kind of right. Mm-hmm. It's true. So Yeah. Yeah, and I think their point is well taken, and so if you believe yes. that they have been bit by a shark, that's what you deserve. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, I'm so impressed, though, that he told you, he was very upfront if he told you on the second date, hey, by the way, I was born with tricuspid atresia, and, and if you don't know what that is, it's a heart defect, and I've had surgery. But you all were a little bit older. He was 27, you said, when you met him? Yeah, he was. Yes. Okay, so it's not like he was an 18-year-old kid. He had seen right, a little exactly. bit of life, and he was fairly mature, I would imagine, to he, be able to be that confident. To absolutely. He understood that, that I, I needed to know, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you were on eHarmony, both of you were looking for life partners. So right. why fiddle around and beat around the bush? If this is something that's going to be an issue. You might as well know from the beginning is what it seems exactly. like to me. Right. So it seems that might have taken you aback after you talked to your aunt and realized, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, Roy I think I understand. <laughs> yes, because Sean <laughs> plays it off like it's no big deal. And a lot of times she still does that. But, you know, after I you talked know, to Alex her, I realized. the same thing. Yeah. I think the way Alex has explained it to me, he said, Mom, this is the way I was born. I don't know any other way. And That's it true. makes sense. When mm-hmm. you hear it that way, it's like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't remember a time because Alex was two months old when he had his first surgery. He doesn't ever remember a time when his chest didn't have a scar. Right. And I That's bet Sean doesn't either. No, he was three days old, yeah, when he had his first one. So, yeah. Right, right. So for them, it's who they are. It's a part of who they are, but it doesn't define who they are. And I really like that about so many of our survivors. That seems to be a common theme with so many of the survivors that I've met. So I'm wondering, how did this play into your decision to have a child with Sean? Sean always wanted kids, and me too, and that was something that we talked about right from the start. And we both did some research to see what the chances were of the baby having a heart defect. And to be honest, there's not that much research on it. There's more research for a woman who has congenital heart defect carrying a child as opposed to the husband. So there really wasn't much, And mm-hmm. but we knew that we were going to try and see what happened. And as soon as we were pregnant, Sean had one of his checkups down at Miami Children's where we go, and we told him that we were pregnant, and right away his doctor, who's amazing and we love him, said, well, let's start scheduling some of these ultrasounds right away on the baby's heart just to see. So they were super cautious with us. They did a fetal echocardiogram. I think I was like 16 or 18 weeks, and there were definitely things that were alarming to them and things that were missing, but everything was there that Sean doesn't have. So we knew that was fine, but then... But then they were seeing all sorts of different things, so they made us go back four weeks later, which was a pretty scary four weeks. And then mm-hmm. when we went back, they said that he had a small BSD, but it was nothing that they were concerned about, and they checked him out when he was born, and he's completely healthy. So we were That's obviously... So awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were excited about that. But I know that was a stressful time for Sean, and we do someday want more kids, and we'll have to go through that same process again, just to be sure. But the woman that was doing the echocardiogram said that really there isn't that much of an increased risk that she's seen from the fathers passing a defect down to the kids. So, and I think that's, know, that's something the, that you're right. We do need more research. Yeah, it's there is. been within the last 10 years or so that we even have the children surviving to adulthood where they could become parents. Exactly. Right, exactly. So people better be paying attention. I know people listening right. to the show are paying attention. Good. <laughs> and there, Good. there are yeah. a lot of other people who are out there already doing some studies. I really I'm love sure. it when I have the geneticist on the show and they talk to us about what they've learned because gene therapy and the whole field of genetics is just blossoming and they're learning so much. It seems like not a day goes by when they're not learning something new or asking new questions and the tests right. are becoming more and more refined. Find And so I think we'll have some answers that we don't have right now. One question that pops into my mind is, 
is there a history of congenital heart defects in Sean's family that you know about? No, there isn't. There isn't anything. It was right, and see, it's the same with it, our family. And so, when we had Alex, they said it was a fluke of nature. Yeah, that's basically what they told his parents too. Same thing. There's yeah. nothing there. So, and his sister yeah. is completely healthy. So. Right, and I have another yeah. son who is completely healthy, and so you wonder right. what in the world happened. What went wrong yeah. with this, this time around that we do have? But when you don't have any history of heart defects in your family, and then all of a sudden you have a child with something so severe, you're really left scratching your head. And I do hope that yeah. the more we learn about genetics, they'll be able to figure out, oh, my goodness, what? here's why the problem Yeah. Exactly. I think but it's really interesting because most of the geneticists that I've actually met and spoken with, they really don't think it's going to be something as simple as just looking at a gene. But they're very aware that the environment also plays a key role. So yeah, we'll probably still have as many questions <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Maybe we'll have some more answers, but we'll have more questions Hopefully. too. Oh, my goodness. It's already time for us to take a quick commercial break, but don't leave yet, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Brittany about why Sean's doctors say he's a miracle and the miracles that Brittany has witnessed since she's been with Sean. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is the miracle of an ordinary life and features Brittany Olazarowitz, the wife of an adult born with a congenital heart defect. And we just finished talking with Brittany about how she met and fell in love with Sean and how his heart defect influenced her decision to stay with him, marry him, and have his baby. And now we're going to turn our attention to the miracles that Brittany has witnessed or experienced since she has been with Sean and why Sean's doctors call him a miracle. So Brittany, as you know, the theme for this season is miracles do happen. And it seems to me that Sean is the epitome of this theme for this season. So can you tell us a little bit about Sean's history and why his doctors felt that he was a miracle? Sure. He was born with tricuspid atresia. His mother didn't really know that there was anything wrong until right before she had him, much different than it is now. And they just thought that there was something, but they weren't really sure what it was. Obviously, I wasn't there during this time, so all I know is from the stories. So at three days old, they did the shunt, and then at three years old, they did a fontan. And since then, Sean has had an ablation, and he's had a cardioversion, but he has not yet had a fontan revision. So the fontans lasted from three years to 31 years. So that right there is something that his doctors call a miracle, Mm -hmm. but also just what he can do and what he's capable of. What we found out now, a large part of it is that a lot of kids were told, oh, well, be careful and don't run and don't do this and don't stress your heart and everything. And Sean's parents really 
didn't do that to him. They let him live a normal life and let him do what all the other kids did. Play hockey when he was a kid. And they watched him and made sure that he didn't overdo it. And there's certain signs that Sean does to this day. When he's doing yard work or something and he puts his hands on his head, you know that he's having a hard time getting his full breath in. So mm-hmm. they watched him and kept an eye and made sure that he didn't overdo it. But they let him be a regular kid, and his doctor thinks that that's why he does so well now. And his job currently is pretty physical, Mm -hmm. and just what he does around our house and everything. He's never one to say, well, I can't do that because Mm -hmm. of my heart or anything. He just does it. Sometimes to a fall, sometimes he'll push himself a little more than he should, but he's getting smarter about that as he gets older. I think we have to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think the doctors are looking at that like, well, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, but for some reason it really worked for him. Because at the time, the research then was to make sure the kid doesn't overdo it and let him sit down. It's just not what he did. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of the miracle. And then another part of it that they most recently said is if you look at Sean's heart right now, the pictures when they do the echo, it doesn't look very good. And they don't know why he feels as good as he does. It can't be explained at the moment. So there's certain doctors that say, we'll open him up and do something tomorrow. But when you look at him and you see what he does, how for the most part he feels really good, they don't want to do it just yet. And we're all right. for that if it feels okay. Because the one thing the doctor said is even though the picture of your heart looks horrible, if we go in and operate and you're feeling really good, how do we know you're going to feel better when we come out of the operation? And we really don't. So that's sort of where we stand right now with mm-hmm. his health. But, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of miracles in there for sure. There are. Oh, my goodness. Just the fact that he lived for 28 years now with his Fontan and with an original he needed a revision. Yeah. It's amazing. That really it is. is amazing. It really is. It was weird. Right after we had Max, Sean was feeling just not right and he knew it we went in and the doctor said how are you feeling and he was like well, actually today i felt really good he said but i've had a lot of arrhythmias lately and they basically said that he was completely out of rhythm that he didn't even know he was out of rhythm because the rhythm was so bad mm-hmm. so that's why he ended up needing the cardio version we just had that in december and it seems to have worked they also put him on a new med that mm-hmm. is actually working really well right now so we're just going to stick with that for as long as we can the thing that we look at is the more time the more research the more things they know, the better the chance he has going in for the revision or whatever they decide to do next. So that's just sort of like a buying time kind of thing. That's how we look at it. That's been our philosophy, too, if it's not broke up with it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I've done a ton of research because this is all brand new to me, and I had a short amount of time to learn as much as I possibly Mm -hmm. could. And I also wanted to learn a lot without Sean even knowing about it so that I really could sort of monitor it myself and see what I could do and how I could help him. And when you do look at the research, there's only a certain amount. After a while, you feel like you've seen everything that there is. When you're really looking, you feel like you could always read more about it. And that's one of the reasons I have this radio show, because I'm always wanting to learn new things. I'm wanting to meet new people and hear new stories and find out what is going on out there, because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not medical at all. My background is teaching children who are hard of hearing and deaf, which is very, very different than dealing with children who have broken hearts. And so this is a constant challenge for me. And I get Google alerts that let me know when there are certain articles in the news that deal with congenital heart defects. But I love having a radio show because it gives me another opportunity, another venue for hearing about what's going on in the heart world. And you're right, there's not tons of research that can help us with our specific situation, but there is a lot of research 
on the heart that's being done right now. And it's an exciting time to be alive. Like you said, there are new medicines now that can help Sean, so he's not even needing another surgery, which I think is exciting. And I'm very excited about interventional cardiology, where they can go in and fix things in a cath lab. To me, that right, is right. very, very exciting. So. Yes, you and I are seeing miracles all over the place, aren't we, Brittany? I feel like I'm living with a miracle. And so, yeah, I definitely do. You told me that the doctors feel that Sean is a miracle. I'm wondering, you've been with him for three years now. What miracles have you witnessed or experienced since you've been with him? I just think watching him become a father and how he's handled Mm -hmm. it, and he would never talk about this. He's not that open about it, but Sean prepares a lot for the future just in case he's not here. And I think that as a dad, that just says a lot. He wants Max College paid for now. He wants things set up for him. He wants to talk to me about certain things. Sean's doctors say it all the time. Yeah, we hope that we don't have to revise your front end until you're 85. They say things like that Mm -hmm. to us all the time. But you know just as well as I do that it's the reality of the situation, that his heart isn't perfect, and we have to live like that. And Sean prepares a lot for me and for Max so that if something were ever to happen to him, that we would be okay. And I think that's really impressive. And he cares a lot about being a dad, and he's a great dad. I struggled with the title for the show, and I decided to call it The Miracle of an Ordinary Life. But really, I think his life is extraordinary, and I think that Alex's life is extraordinary, and so many of these adults. I had Diane Pucci on last week, and she's another adult who was born with a congenital heart defect, and she's in her 50s, and I think she's lived an extraordinary life. But the reason why I said an ordinary life is because he grew up. He played hockey. He got married. He Mm -hmm. has a child. He has a job. Those are things that you consider ordinary, and those are the things that we parents, when we're told our baby has a heart defect, we want to know our kids can live and quote unquote ordinary life and that's what Sean has done and I was hoping that you would say becoming a dad because to me I think that's probably the greatest miracle is that Sean's lived to experience fatherhood. When he was born the first surgery when he was a few days old they said there's a 50-50 chance that he'll make it and then they said and even if he does he'll probably only live till he's about 10 years old and so look what he's done everything is so different than it was 31 years ago which is great. But he beat a lot of odds. Yeah, I think he has an extraordinary life to share with others. And his outlook on life and the way he's always planning and preparing for the future, I think that's extraordinary too. So we have to go to another quick commercial break, but don't leave yet because when we come back, we're going to talk to Brittany about what advice she has to offer parents of children with congenital heart defects and to a spouse who has a congenital heart defect. We'll be right back. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is the miracle of an ordinary life and features Brittany Olazarowitz, the wife of an adult 
born with a congenital heart defect. And we just finished talking with Brittany about the miracles that she has witnessed being married to Sean and why his doctors felt that he was a miracle. And we only have a minute or two left, but I would love to give Brittany a little bit of time so that she can give us advice. Brittany, the first question I have for you is what advice would you give to a couple just finding out that their unborn child will have a congenital heart defect? I think one big thing is obviously hope. Right? I mean, if you see Sean's story, that's why we want to try and get Sean's story out a little bit more, too, is just so that parents can look at him and say, okay, there's a chance here and there's a reason to have hope. And then I think also not limiting your kid. I think that's a really good thing that his parents did for him and they trusted that he could run around for a little while and be able to do things that the other kids were doing instead mm-hmm. of just making him sit there. So right. I think listening to your kid, and that's just something that I struggle with now, too, with Sean, even I'll say, don't sit down, I'll do that, or don't do that, mm-hmm. you can't do that. And he looks at me and says, I can do it. Just let me do it. So I think not limiting someone is really important. Oh, I think that's perfect advice. I love that. What we're seeing now is that these adults that were born with congenital heart defects all of a sudden, they start having new problems crop up. As you said, Sean noticed all of a sudden that he wasn't feeling quite right. And then, thankfully, he was smart enough to go to the doctor and they realized he had some arrhythmias. Arrhythmias are one of the number one problems that our adults are plagued with. And there are other problems, too. So what advice do you have for couples who are living with congenital heart defects when they continue to have problems and you want them to live a happy and fulfilling life? I think one thing that we do is one day at a time because he can feel a lot different from one day to the next. So we try to do that. As a worried wife, I try not to overreact. If he tells me that he's irregular, obviously I would love to bring him to the doctor at that very moment and hook him up to machines and make sure he's okay and all that. But I have learned now that he knows when it's time to go. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big thing for me is being able to trust that and to listen to him and to go from there. So that's been really important. I love that. I love the part about not overreacting. Alex started showing arrhythmia problems on his Holter monitor, which he has to have annually. And the doctor did not read the Holter until Alex had gone to Europe. He was spending part of the summer with some friends in Germany. And the doctor called me up, panicked, and said, where's Alex now? Knowing that we had sent him to Germany. And I said, oh, my Germany. And he said, well, how much longer is he going to be there? And I told him, well, he was hoping to extend his stay a little bit. No, 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 you need to get him back right away. And I said, why? What's going on? And the doctor oh, was so very scary. concerned about these arrhythmias. And so... I called Alex, trying not to overreact, and said, so your doctor would like you to come home tomorrow, but (laughs) let's talk about how you feel. And Alex said, Mom, there's nothing wrong with me. I know my body. I know Mm -hmm. how I feel. I feel fine. I feel better now than I have for a long time. He didn't even realize he was feeling bad until he had his spontane revision, and once he recovered, and it took about a year, but after that year, he said he felt so much better, and so I trusted Alex, and I didn't make him come home right away, even though, you better believe, I was praying even harder than usual. Yeah. I had to trust him that he knew his body, and that was really, really hard, but Alex was right, and Alex did a bunch of research after I told him what the doctor had said and came back, met with a new doctor who dealt with arrhythmias, and the two of them worked it all out, and now... Everything is fine. Everything is back to normal. Yeah. So he didn't need surgery. He did have a change in his medication, and now he's fine. So yeah. I think as a spouse, as a parent, as 
any significant person in an adult with a congenital heart defect's life, we have to be careful not to overreact and really to trust the adult. Not that we can't beef up the prayers if we need to, (laughs) but that we do have to trust that they're living inside that body. They know that body better than anybody does. So Exactly. He's the only one that really knows. He is the only one who really knows. Do you have any other messages that you would like to give somebody who's thinking about marrying somebody with a congenital heart defect? I guess for me it was like he had blonde hair and he had a congenital heart defect. It didn't <laughs> really, it didn't mean too much to me other than that. I started going to his appointments with him as soon as we were together. I think probably two months or so after we were together, we went down to Miami Children's. He was actually looking for a new doctor. He gone to an adult cardiologist and the guy said, I can't see you. I can't help you. Mm-hmm. And he came home and he said, oh yeah, this guy said he couldn't help me. And I was like, what do you mean he can't help you? Of course he can help. I didn't understand any of this. And actually... At the time, I was working at a golf club, and one of the guys there, his daughter, was born with right atria atresia. And so I talked to him, and he said, well, there's only one place you have to go. And so I ended up finding this doctor for Sean, Dr. Rossi, at Miami Children's. Yeah, and so we went down to see him in the first appointment. First of all, Dr. Rossi, thinking 27-year-old coming in, hadn't had a Fontan revision. He told us, he said, I thought you were going to wheel him in here. He said, I did not expect this. Yeah, so that's when it really hit me. Oh, wow, there's a lot here that I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. So I started going right away and trying to learn as much as I could and trying to be there for him through it. But really, it's no different for us, I think, than in our everyday life is having allergies. It's Mm -hmm. just something that we deal with. But I actually did have people say to me, are you sure you want to marry him? And I remember just shaking my head going, I don't even understand that question. It didn't register with me. But I did have people ask me that. Nobody in my family, obviously. But outsiders that don't quite understand that that's not how it works. But <laughs> I hope you yeah, can find someone as wonderful as you someday. That's just, I love that. That's just so wonderful that you could see past the cardiology appointments. You could see past the medical history he has and it sounds to me like you loved him and whatever baggage he had that that's baggage you would deal with and I love how you became a resource for him right away helping him find a doctor and wow that's just awesome that is amazing I think that eHarmony deserves a thumbs up from (laughs) us for bringing the two of you together that is really amazing they did a good job so but yeah we're just partners now going through this together that's the way that it should be so I hope your son finds somebody like that as well so that he can have somebody Mm -hmm. to go through it with because I do think it matters to Sean when I go to the appointments and now bring Mac too because it's going to be a part of his life as well so mm-hmm. it's important that he learns it too so that's a beautiful way for us to end this show I hate to end it I've had so much fun talking with you but that does conclude this episode thank you so much for coming on Brittany I have just loved talking to you thank you very much for having me Well, thanks to all of you for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern Time. Until then, please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow our radio show on Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week. 